Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're here in Portland. Uh, it's a deep thaw after the wild weather we've had here. So, um, And my next guest is is uh, experiencing it as well. So I'm really excited to welcome Torben Nielsen, who's the CEO of ZoomCare. Welcome, Torben. Well, thank you, uh, Dan, for having me. Yeah. And so like a lot of folks, you mentioned you've been out with power for a few days. So it's been a, a, a little tough here, I'm sure, uh, people on your team. So appreciate you hopping on. Absolutely. Yeah, I had to come uh, into the office. Uh, I haven't been here for eight months, I think. Uh, but uh, it, I'm doing it all for you, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Well, we can get... You, you, that's a, really, well, a good jumping off point. We'll get into the work distributed work and, and things like yeah. that. But let's let's back up and first you know, talk about a little bit about um, your role at ZoomCare, which is kind of leading up to it and how you came to be the CEO of yeah. ZoomCare. Yeah, so uh, I've been with ZoomCare now for almost uh, two years, I guess, uh, as CEO. Uh, but uh, actually, prior to that, spent uh, almost 15 years on the payer side. So working for health insurance companies, uh, always in uh, kind of innovation areas or in uh, web technology areas. Uh, and uh, as you can tell, I wasn't born and raised in, in Kansas City. Uh, you know, I'm a full-blooded Dane. I uh, started my career working for Lego, uh, which is a Danish company, and then made my, made my way over here 25 years ago. And uh, uh, I'm now married to a girl from California, uh, okay. and uh, we have three kids and uh, have wow. been here, as I said, uh, 25 years. But in between, have uh, you know worked for startups, uh, technology companies. Uh, you know, I've led uh, you know marketing uh, teams, product teams, uh, IT teams, and uh, really have. Quite a various, uh, you know, f- uh, different, uh, you know, uh, background uh, uh, experiences uh, that I bring to bear in in my role as CEO of uh, ZoomCare. Yeah, and I, I I would love to get into Lego maybe at, towards the end of the conversation because I have a five year old son and my we spend ridiculous amounts of money on Legos. But <laughs> besides that, the culture of Lego you read a lot about just uniqueness of. Yeah. Um, how they do business, I think is fascinating. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a, it's, it was a great company to start your career working for, uh, you know, they're so focused on the end user and the audience, uh, the kids uh, that they uh, are targeting and uh, they do a lot of market research. Uh, and for me being, uh, you know, right out of uh, college, right with my MBA, it was a great way to really, 
learn how to do consumer research, uh, mm. how to pay attention to what your audience, uh, what they may need, or particularly what their latent needs might be. Uh, kids are very open, then they will tell you whether it works or not, or what they're looking right. for. But still, they are, you know, if, if you look and observe how they play with the, with the Lego sets, you always learn something new, right? Mm. Even from kids that are so open and honest. Uh, and there's always insights that you can take back uh, and that you then use in, in your product development efforts. Well, that's fascinating. I mean, but how is it work also working there where you know the product is focused around play? Right. Yeah. What's the what's yes. the culture and like the leadership? What does that do to the team? Because I would think that would be I mean, you're serious about selling Legos, but, yeah. you know, this is about play and, and yeah. you know, toys. So, yeah, I mean, the, the culture there, you know, uh, was phenomenal. Right. Uh, you know, as you walk around in the buildings, uh, there are Lego creations that never make it into commercial uh, that you see and you just get wowed by, right? Yeah. Uh, the bright colors, uh, you know, that the Lego bricks have, they brought that into the work environment itself as well. Uh, so it's just a very creative kind of uh, atmosphere. Uh, and that helps you think uh, creatively, right? Uh, mm. And it helps you really, uh, you know, right next to headquarters uh, was, uh, you know, the oldest Legoland park. Right. Hmm. Uh, and so during lunch times, you could run over in the park uh, and engage with your target audience. Right. Wow. And see how they engage with uh, what you just produced. Right. Uh, and just the emphasis on the experience. Right. Mm. It's quite interesting. Right. As you think about it today, we live in a experience economy. Right. It's less about just getting a product, right, to satisfy your need, but it's actually the whole experience around it, right? Uh, and Lego probably was way ahead of everybody else in uh, paying attention to that experience, right? It's more right. Uh, just because the product itself, right, is an experience as you start building it and you take it apart and you build something else and you take it apart. I mean, that experience and the focus on what that is, I think uh, we can learn a lot from in, in other industries, right? Uh, and I think a lot of industries are putting real emphasis on what is the total experience from end to end, mm. right? Yeah, and another piece of that, which I think it, it transitions well into what you're doing now is the loyalty piece. Yeah, You know, I think with Lego, it's like, obviously the kids are very loyal to it, but they yeah. have this chain of you can it doesn't stop right of right. what you can right. buy and things like that yeah. but it's part of that experience and yeah. so you know as we kind of focus and transition to this new industry you're in well you've been in for a while maybe we can link those two and some of the things yeah. you're doing at zoom care yeah yeah and i would uh, be, before we go there dan i would say mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i was hired into uh, lego was uh, this is way back in 1999 2000 okay. right as the internet just started to really increase uh, you know and and get momentum right uh, yeah the infamous bubble right ha happened a little later in in uh, you know 2000 but um Lego realized that. And so they wanted to extend the play experience from the physical playset into the internet, right? Mm. And connect the community of Lego uh, enthusiasts, right? All of a sudden, your world 
just open up to the entire world, literally, right? Yeah. And whatever yeah. you are doing, uh, you know, as a Lego builder, you know, in the U.S. can be connected to some uh, Lego builder in Denmark, right? Uh, via the internet. And so extending that play experience by utilizing and connecting the offline world to the online world mm-hmm. uh, was something that I still utilize in my current industry. And so going back to your question, healthcare, right? Healthcare traditionally has been all about the physical setting, right? And a lot of people have said healthcare is local, right? It's your local doc, right? It's your local hospital that means a lot to you. Well, you know what? That is changing big time. Healthcare is finally starting to catch up to where other industries were in 2000, right? Right. Uh, Now, 20 years later, we are realizing in healthcare that a lot of care actually could provide it in a virtual setting, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come in. And when you say virtual setting, all of a sudden you are opening up, uh, you know, the fact that it doesn't have to be with your local provider. It could be with any provider, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you have access to the internet and I could see anybody, the best of the best, that's sitting maybe in on the East Coast of the US or you know, maybe in a different country, right? Mm. You have the ability as a patient all of a sudden to demand that healthcare embraces a virtual channel that then opens up for new opportunities in terms of how you get care. Right. And that is uh, you know, why I'm so excited about the momentum and, and the time right now in healthcare, COVID, we can talk more about that, yeah. really has accelerated the move into virtual care settings. I mean, that's a good place to, to go from there. I, I mean, just personally speaking from our family, the amount of virtual care we've had these past nine months, we're pretty yeah. hesitant about it. We've gone to Zoom care three times for dog bites, <laughs> broken bones for my kids. Oh, geez. But it's it's um, we've been pleasantly surprised. And as consumers, yeah. it's nice to kind of, like I said, kind of take that power back a little bit. Yes. So yes. how how's it been when we dive into the business? You, you know, some of the things on your end you've accelerated during COVID. Yeah. Yes. So so we have always at ZoomCare been built on technology right from the get-go, right? We are 15-year-old, uh, you know, system. Um, and, uh, you know, felt early on technology is going to be key to who we are and how we can best create a coordinated, integrated, simple experience for the patients that we serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it started out by, you know, having the ability to go on your download a little app, right, where you could easily schedule an appointment, right? Uh, most healthcare systems today, it's actually hard to schedule an appointment online. It's easier to go over the phone, right, and call yeah. them to schedule an appointment. That's terrible, right? Uh, yeah. We want to be in the 21st century and provide an experience for you that's similar to any other industry that you live in today, right? right. So having the technology and embracing journeys and experiences designed and tailored for the patient on their terms was uh, the premise of ZoomCare right from the get-go. And so we've always been heavy on technology. We've always been heavy on, on apps. We've had the ability to chat with a provider over the past five years. But what COVID showed us was we can accelerate now big time some of these new technologies uh, 
like video, right? Yeah. Uh, video consultations uh, we launched back in uh, March, uh, accelerated by COVID. We launched phone consultations, right? Accelerated by uh, you know COVID. And uh, you know if you look at it over the past ten months, uh, eleven, uh, it's it's soon twelve months, right? Yeah. We've Wild. had over 110,000 virtual visits. Mm. So our patients have really adopted, uh, you know, uh, the virtual channel. And then because we were built with technology in mind from the get-go, we've been able to integrate the experience. So if you start out with a virtual video consultation and the doctor tells you, you know what, you probably need to go have some labs done in one of our Zoom care physical clinics, right? We can't mm -hmm. do that yet in a virtual channel, right? Yeah, yeah. So you actually have to go into a clinic uh, and have your labs done. Well, we can set up, uh, you know, a same day appointment uh, for you to go conveniently to a clinic near you. And they would know why you are coming in because our electronic medical records uh, are tied together, right? So whatever mm -hmm. happens in a virtual setting in that video consult, all the notes are then tied to the EMR, the electronic medical record, that then the provider in the clinic has access to. And so they know exactly why you're coming in and they're prepared and they right. take your apps. Yeah, that integration, that Dan, it sounds easy and it sounds like, well, isn't that how it should be? <laughs> but many, many uh, you know, providers are struggling with that, right? Some of the pure play virtual care providers uh, you know, it's still very hard for them to connect that data to, uh, you know, physical settings uh, with mm. hospitals that they may or may not have partnerships with. And that's where healthcare really is still behind the times. And, and we are just starting to connect the dots. Right. And it helps that, like you said, you, that's the foundation of the company, essentially, yeah. when you started it. Ab absolutely. Um, so a couple of things that we'll talk about the physical footprint of Zoom care and, and then the virtual uh, footprint and and, yeah. and in regards to growth talk yeah. about the growth of the the physical footprint because i've seen you've yeah. opened new locations through the pandemic yeah. how's that going what's maybe the plans you can share uh, yeah. for that yeah so just a little bit of background information zoom care was bought by peace health uh, which mm -hmm. is a non-for-profit uh, hospital system uh, headquartered in vancouver uh, just two years ago uh, and uh, I was brought in as uh, the new CEO and uh, was given the charter to grow uh, this uh, unique experience and healthcare platform uh, that had been developed over the past 15 years. And so when I came in, we had 37 clinics. Today, 12 months uh, late, well, uh, almost 24 months later, uh, <laughs> we have uh, you know, 25 new clinics uh, that mm. we've opened. Uh, so we're wow. up to 61 clinics. Uh, maybe not quite uh, 25, wow. whatever the math uh, turns out to be. Yeah. Um, we have opened uh, two new markets. Uh, we've gone into Colorado and we've got into Idaho. So we're now yeah. in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Colorado. We have launched a full suite of telehealth services. Uh, we have really built out Seattle. Uh, you know, we now have... 20, 25 clinics in Seattle. Uh, oh, wow. When I came, we had just 10. Uh, we have added a lot of, uh, you know, specialty services in Seattle, in the Seattle market. Uh, and we have most recently opened two new super clinics, uh, which are 
kind of our flagship stores, if you will, flagship uh, clinics. It's an ER alternative uh, where we can treat 80 to 90% of all ER-related conditions in a mm. super for a fraction of the cost. Mm. Uh, when you go to a traditional ER, you typically uh, walk away with a bill that's up in the thousands of dollars. Uh, the average price point at a super is just 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. That's wow. probably your, your max that you will pay. Uh, the other thing is it's an on-demand emergency care setting, meaning you schedule an appointment similar to how you would schedule an appointment in any one of our neighborhood clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, from when you walk in to when you walk out, it takes you on average 65 minutes. In an ER, you would still be waiting in the waiting room after 65 oh, yeah. minutes probably, yeah. right? So it's a very efficient uh, new clinic model uh, that we have created mm. uh, and that we are now uh, you know, building out. How is that? Because um, that's a pretty big disruption. So It's disruption, yeah. So it sits yeah. right in between... Uh, you know, urgent care that that can only do so much and an ER, right? So we're right. sitting right in between. So it's a new category uh, that we are creating. Um, and it's a disruptor uh, because yeah. it only takes on average 65 minutes because the average price point is $600 or less because you're seeing by board certified ER physicians uh, that know what they're doing because you have access to advanced imaging uh, like CT, like ultrasound, you have x-rays as well. You have a, a mid-level lab uh, to do all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, tests on site. Uh, mm. This truly is a breakthrough clinic model uh, that we're really excited about. We opened up uh, our Bellevue up in uh, Seattle earlier uh, okay. in December, uh, and we are opening our Bridgeport uh, Super uh, Clinic uh, tomorrow. Oh, wow. uh, and okay. we are very excited about, uh, you know, opening up uh, the door. So it's going to be phenomenal. Dude, that's great. So uh, just a couple things on the physical footprint. Most of them right now are kind of in metro areas. Yeah. I think for, you know, I grew up in a small town and I think you would probably agree or know this. There is some inequity in rural yeah. and kind of more populated areas on healthcare. And yes. so are, are there plans for Zoom care to enter that market or disrupt it, that? Or what's what's yeah. the thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. The, we we definitely looking at uh, some of the more rural areas um, uh, with telehealth uh, mm. and the expansion of our suite of products in telehealth. Uh, we are now seeing that as much as twenty to thirty percent of the telehealth traffic is coming from areas where we have no clinics. Uh, mm. So coming from rural Oregon or rural Washington, right, uh, where there's no access to a Zoom care clinic. Yet, uh, our patients love the ZoomK experience and they can now connect with us via a virtual setting. As we start getting more data, Dan, you can imagine us uh, seeing, well, there's, it seems like there's a lot of demand coming from Bend, Oregon. Mm -hmm. We are mm -hmm. not there with a physical clinic. Maybe we should consider that. Uh, and I'm not saying that's part of our plan, but as okay. an example, uh, you know, there's there's a, uh, you know, demand and there's uh, you know, interest, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And that is going to help our roadmap as we look at clinic expansions, right? I won't hold you to bend, but that'd be a great place. <laughs> it it uh, seems like an obvious place. But, uh. <laughs> well, you know, things sound like they're going, you know, well, you're growing, but we've talked, we talked before this maybe a week ago, we're in a global pandemic, you know, teams, it's been hard on people uh, working from home. 
things aren't all roses. So Torben, yeah. you know, talk about some of the things, you know, that's been challenging for your teams during this yeah. and for you yeah. as, you know, someone who's yeah. leading an organization through this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been challenging, uh, obviously. Uh, right. Uh, I had been in place, I think, uh, eight months uh, as a CEO and we had just started on our expansion uh, rate. We had opened nine clinics, 10 clinics, I think when uh, COVID hit, um, and we talked a lot uh, with our board, right, as whether or not we wanted to continue the expansion or we wanted to hold back a little bit uh, because of COVID and uh, the mm -hmm. crisis, the pandemic. We made a decision, uh, you know, not to hold back. As a matter of fact, we made a decision almost to double down. Mm. Uh, and during COVID, uh, back in, uh, you know, May, June timeframe, I think we made the decision to go into Colorado and to go into Idaho as new markets. Because we firmly believe and we still see, now, uh, you know, we still see a ton of demand. We still see a ton of traffic. It has, the traffic has pivoted, right? Before COVID, most of it was in-clinic visits, right? Now, right. most of it uh, or a lot of it is uh, via telehealth, right? Mm. Uh, and so we've been able to pivot and still serve our patients, Um but it has been challenging to open. You, you can only imagine opening up clinics in new markets uh, like Colorado, Denver, where you cannot really fly, right? Yeah. Uh, you have to do virtual training. Uh, you have to hire virtually. Uh, it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's been hard, right? Mm -hmm. It's been hard on our field teams, right? All our clinicians and our providers being in the field getting, uh, you know, almost uh, changing guidelines every single day, right? From right. CDC or yeah. from state authorities or from us, uh, you know, trying to keep up with uh, changing behaviors of our patients, right? Mm -hmm. And figuring out how best to, uh, you know, provide good care during uh, this pandemic. Uh, opening up clinics has not been easy either. I'll be the first to admit, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, getting, we, we used to have big, brand opening events. We used to be out in the neighborhood, right? Uh, I used to be at every single clinic that we opened uh, for the grand opening events. Uh, and we would have local businesses sponsor food. We'd have, uh, you know, big uh, kind of, uh, you know, events, uh, you know, happening. Uh, and it would just put us on the map in that particular neighborhood. Yeah. Now we're trying to do it in a virtual setting, uh, but it's a lot harder, right? You're not getting quite the same response as we did uh, uh, prior, uh, but we think, uh, and hopefully knock on wood, there's light at the end of the tunnel uh, yeah. with vaccines now coming out. Uh, and I think we, we all feel we are set up really nicely to uh, take advantage of the economy opening up uh, again, hopefully soon, yeah. uh, and patients coming back in. I love that you doubled down and you said during this, like we're, yeah. we're stepping on the gas we, we, um, yeah. it, and it sounds like you've been rewarded for doing that. And, you know, another part of this, um, you know, distributed teams, you, you're in the office for the first time in eight months, right. which is right. wild. Right. Yeah. And I know you are putting kind of a plan together, what that's going to look like, what return the office, what work is going to look like for your, for your team. Right. Right. Um, so what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, you know you, you can't see it, your audience can't see it, but I'm, I'm we have a beautiful headquarters uh, here in the Pearl in uh, Portland. Uh, mm -hmm. We have two stories, uh, and uh, it we 
were almost outgrowing it uh, prior to COVID and had actually started thinking about how do we add another floor or do we need another little, uh, you know, uh, you know, place or facility, uh, you know, in downtown Portland or maybe in Vancouver uh, to help us with some of the growth uh, that we've seen. We've doubled in size, right, over the past, uh, you know, two years. We're now uh, close to 800 people. Uh, Now, most of those are obviously sitting in clinics, uh, but we have a fair amount uh, that is, uh, you know, operating at base camp, we call our headquarters, right? Okay. Now we're rethinking a little bit because we all moved back home, right? When COVID hit, uh, we've all been working from from home, and we use we are a big Google shop, uh, so we use okay. all Google platforms, sharing. We use Slack. We use uh, lots of different uh, collaboration tools, uh, and we've been able to uh, you know really keep productivity. I feel in the beginning, I think we even saw an increase in productivity, right? Interesting, yeah. Uh, I think as, as COVID has prolonged, I think we are starting to come down to more normal levels. Uh, okay. There's COVID fatigue. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I sense that and feel it. So our thinking now is we may establish uh, you know, more what I would call pods uh, we are gonna, you know, rearrange, uh, you know, base camp here to set it up much more conducive to uh, teamwork, to uh, collaboration, right? Uh, so the desks uh, that we have today uh, that you see, uh, you know, right next to me, uh, yeah. we, we're gonna do away with uh, and maybe open up uh, even more in a more collaborative manner, right? So we will allow for people to work from home. But whenever they want to come in and do more collaborative sessions, uh, mm. you know, they need brainstorming or whatever, that we have a really good uh, facility where we can do that. And we'll probably open up a small little, uh, you know, pod in some of the other major areas or cities uh, where we're at uh, to allow for the same thing. I think it's still really important uh, to have that uh, ability to get together, right, uh, to right. feed off of the energy uh, that comes about when you are, uh, you know, people in the same room and you can spar on ideas and, uh, you know, really take innovation to the next level. I think a lot of companies are trying to figure that out and they're going in that direction. So it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. I know. Yeah, it it will be, uh, you know, real interesting uh, to see how we we do this. Uh, You know, we we have a team focusing on, we call it workforce of the future. uh, Mm. And, They've been working on it for a couple of months uh, and uh, are starting to uh, develop a really good concept uh, that we uh, hopefully will kick off uh, here soon. What's some of your employee feedback been? What do they want? I think our employees, uh, you know, a lot of them uh, have uh, loved working from home and actually not have to, uh, you know, go uh, spend time in traffic, uh, you know, Mm. but there's also a real sense that, you know, it's only fun for so long. I really miss my colleagues. I miss some of the energy uh, that we used to have uh, yeah. at base camp, right? Uh, I texted some of my colleagues today as I walked in. It almost feels like you're walking into a museum, right? <laughs> because, I mean, there's nobody here, right? Yeah. And yeah. you can see relics almost of, uh, you know, work that we did 10 months ago, right? Uh, yeah. That no longer is uh, relevant because we moved way past that, right? Yeah. But you sense the energy that was there. You sense the creativity, right? And it's like, what is this museum? It looks like there was some good work done, right? Uh, yes. And it's hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm starting to feel that. So finding that balance is going to be, it's going to be tough. 
but I, I think people will it want. Is. It's you know. some people, you know, I, I think uh, some people will want to come in more often than others. Right. Uh, and we'll f- figure out how we best accommodate for some of that. Yeah. Um, but I think the days of where all of us came into the office, uh, you know, five days of the week, uh, I think they're gone. Mm. Uh, I think from a talent acquisition perspective, uh, we are starting to uh, open our minds to the fact that we will have employees uh, or team members that are sitting in different states uh, that, uh, you know, may not uh, be able to come in, uh, you know, more than maybe on a monthly or bi-monthly uh, basis uh, right. because that's where we found them, right? We found them, uh, you know, with their real good talent. We want to hire them. And, uh, and now they're sitting in uh, Silicon Valley or they're sitting yeah. in uh, Chicago or they're sitting in uh, different places of, uh, of the state. That's great. I think that's really innovative. And I think it's in the long term going to be the way it's going to, going to be for most companies if they want the talent, if they want to compete for the talent. Yeah. And in, in some ways I see it as a, almost a, a strategic roadmap as well as we look at where do we want to expand next? Uh, yeah. If we start hiring employees in uh, some of those states or, uh, and we have some early, uh, you know, indicators of what is, you know, would Zoomka even uh, be, successful in a market like that, right? Uh, you know, at least mm. if we have some feet on the ground, uh, you know, we, we get some uh, early indicators of that. So let's, you know, as we kind of wrap up, uh, I always talk about Portland, you know, yeah. and you've been in the market for a while. I mean, you, you, you know, before Zoom Care as well. Um, so what's your thoughts? Just doing business here, working here, you yeah. know, pros of, of, you know, where we live as a community, but maybe some challenges we have too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, we've seen some of the challenges, right? Uh, we, we just opened up our downtown clinic. Uh, we, we have had that boarded up, uh, you know, for the past, uh, you know, 10 months, I think, mm. uh, downtown, uh, ZoomCare downtown. Uh, we opened it up uh, and just the other day, uh, there was vandalism again. Uh, you know, mm. the, the door was kicked in, uh, the windows were broken. Um, we definitely have some challenges, right? Uh, I think businesses are starting to leave downtown as well. Uh, it's a ghost town, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's sad. Uh, we need to figure out as a, as a business community and as a, as a community at large, right? How do we get uh, that, uh, you know, beautiful, progressive uh, atmosphere back uh, that Portland was known for, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I love the Portland area, right? Uh, when I talk to, uh, you know, uh, back in the day when we relocated folks uh, to come to uh, Portland, right? There's no other place uh, where you can go skiing, uh, you know, in the morning and then you finish up, uh, you know, zipping wine, uh, you know, on the way to the coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just beautiful, right? Uh, the outdoor opportunities, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, downtown Portland used to be just humming, right? Uh, beautiful parks, uh, you know, uh, a young, uh, you know, progressive uh, uh, stance on on things and ideas and concepts. Uh, I think there's a lot that we have to be uh, proud of, right? I just hope that we can get back to that, right? Yeah. Uh, it's been hard over the past, uh, you know, 10 months. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, but it sounds like you're hopeful that it will. I'm hopeful, yeah. I'm yeah. hopeful that we can, uh, you know, find our path again uh, and mm-hmm. that we'll... Uh, you know, it's, it, it's been hard on everybody. Uh, and, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Uh, but I'm hopeful. And I think, uh, 
you know, there's there's so much creativity in this city. Uh, there are lots of anchor businesses, uh, you know, that have done really well. Uh, there are lots of businesses still growing in the company or in, in uh, the city uh, yeah. that I couldn't imagine us, uh, you know, finding our way back uh, and create maybe a new new normal uh, for uh, uh, Portland at at, uh, at 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 large, right? Yeah, I see a huge opportunity in, in kind of tackling this for businesses. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, well, Torben, thanks so much for you know sharing the story of Zoom Care and your and your background. And I'm curious, um, when's the last time you played with a Lego? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's been a it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I don't get free sets anymore. So. Yeah, well, yeah. For me, it was this morning because it's the first thing my son wants to do at five in the morning every morning. So, uh, well, that's good very, to hear. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I still have uh, lots of connections uh, to the company, and uh, I think they're doing pretty well. So, yeah. Uh, All right, Torben. Thanks so much. Right. Well, thank you, uh, Dan. Thanks for the opportunity. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.